Welcome to Lethal Lullabies, the podcast that takes you on a relaxing journey into the action-packed world of your favorite films. Before we slowly sink into our next sleep-filled story, let us first take a moment to let our muscles relax. Begin with a deep breath in. Because our next action hero knows better than most the importance of slowing down a lively heart rate. Again, in. Now you're ready. Now it's time to journey along with one of Marvel's greatest heroes, Natasha Romanov, better known as the Black Pillow, from a drowsy little town in Ohio to the warm, cozy safe house on the edge of society. Her path rests in a knotted web of treachery and tranquility. So, find a good pillow and your trustiest blade and Get ready for Lethal Lullabies, Black Pillow, Part 1. Dappled lights dot the pavement of a sleepy suburb in mid-90s Ohio. The street divides two rows of large, shady lawns with big trees. It's picture-perfect Americana through and through complete with a teen on a bicycle basking in the cool air as she makes her way home for dinner. The girl, Natasha, speeds up, wind whipping through her blue hair as she turns into the driveway. She catches sight of her younger sister, Yelena, playing in the front yard. The tiny blonde girl bends backwards until her hands touch the ground. Natasha laughs and joins her sister in bridge pose. As she leans back, She feels the long stretch pull and loosen her tightened muscles. Natasha teases Yelena, and the two start a competition to see who can hold the pose the longest. 
Yelena dances around on her hands and feet, trying to distract Natasha. But her sister knows the secret is to stay loose and relax. Her sister moves about and wastes her energy while Natasha takes a deep breath. Filling her lungs with the dewy scents of the twilight air. When she exhales, she fully releases her tension. With no energy wasted, Natasha wins the contest. She gloats in her victory and aims to race her sister inside. But before the two girls reach the porch, Yelena slips and hits her knee on a rock. Her eyes well with tears. Natasha stops gloating and rushes over to care for her sister. Their mother, Melina, hears Yelena's sobs and rushes out to help. She knows exactly what to say to calm her youngest daughter. She wraps Yelena in a big hug and tells her that her pain will only make her stronger. Soon, her sobs subside and Yelena grins from ear to ear. She points at the fireflies flitting through the tree. Melina's mothering was unique. She was never one to romanticize life, to make it more digestible for her girls. When Yelena calls the bugs forest stars, Melina gently corrects the girl, telling her that they are actually part of the Lamparidae family and that the glow comes from bioluminescence. She looks down at the small girl holding her hand, hoping this explanation didn't erase the magic of the moment. But as luck would have it, Yelena soaks in every detail and delights in the science. At the dinner table that night, Yelena recounts everything she learned about lamp bugs to her sleepy father, Alexei Shostakov. He nods, and she tells him about the biogumanescence and chemical reactions. He's listening to Yelena, but just barely. There's something else on his mind. Yelena is too young and too wrapped up in her lamp bugs to notice. But Melina notices. There's only one thing it could be. It's something she knew was coming for a long time. But now, 
that it's finally about to happen. She doesn't think she's ready. Alexei looks at his two girls scarfing down mac and cheese. He's prepared for this moment. The whole family is. Girls, he says. You know how I said one day we would go on a big adventure? Well, today is the day. Yelena stops talking about lamp bugs. She stands up from her chair, throws her arms into the air, and yells, Hooray! She rushes off to gather her things. Natasha isn't as excited for the adventure. She looks to Melina. Only a moment ago, they were a cozy family in a cozy neighborhood. The night was supposed to be a lively debate over mac and cheese. Then maybe her mom would read her and Yelena a story before the two girls brushed their teeth and fell asleep in their own beds. But instead, her mother is gathering guns from around the house, and her father is loading the car. Crickets chirp as the family pulls out of their driveway. It's dark, but kids still play on their lawns and under the streetlights. It's still that picturesque Americana, but inside the car, loaded down with guns and secrets, Natasha feels separate from the scene. Yelena asks where they are going. Melina replies, We're going home. Red and blue lights flash in the distance. Alexei pushes a tape into the tape deck and lets Don McLean serenade them with American pie. It's Yelena's favorite, and she sings along. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing this will be the day. That I die. The first part of the big adventure is an airplane ride. The family works together to prepare the plane for flight. Even little Yelena removes the blocks from under the wheels. The motor roars to life and the propeller rotates faster and faster until you can no longer distinguish the individual blades. They're almost ready but Alexei has a few things to clean up before they can soar off into the skies. The sirens are getting closer. Local police drive up to the hangar 
They don't want the family to go on their adventure. So they fire their guns at the plane and at Alexei. One of the bullets nestles its way into Melina. So she asks Natasha to fly the plane in her stead. As Natasha wiggles her way up to the cockpit, she thinks about the story her mom would be reading to her right now if they weren't going on an adventure. It would probably be a superhero story. Natasha liked those best. As Natasha takes control of the plane, something large smashes onto its wing. She looks over to see her father grasping onto it. In the bedtime stories, all of the heroes were invincible and nothing bad ever happened. Natasha eases the plane onto the runway as her father hangs on to the wing while simultaneously firing back at the police. Melina encourages the girls to count the plane's acceleration together. Forty-five knots, she says. Natasha and Yelena join in. Fifty. Fifty-five. Sixty. The plane is ready to lift off. Natasha pulls back on the control with all her strength. And just like that, she's flying with all her family safe in tow. They fly all night long until they arrive in Cuba. Many of Alexei's friends are waiting for them. They greet the family and call Alexei the Red Guardian. They help Melina out of the plane since she is too tired to get out herself. Natasha whispers to her mother in Russian. Melina is barely awake. She replies, Don't let them take your heart. And then her eyes slide closed and she is whisked away by Alexei's friends. Yelena chases after her mom, but one of Alexei's friends grabs onto her arm. He has a gun holstered on his belt and a strong, stern look in his eyes. So, Yelena relents, but Natasha cannot stand this strange man holding her sister. She moves swiftly, ducking under the man's arm 
and pulling his gun from its holster. Anyone who touches her makes this place their bed, she calls out. Yelena tucks behind her big sister, unsure of what to do. Alexei steps closer and soothes his daughter. Everything is going to be all right, he promises, because my girls are the strongest in the world. He doesn't sound like the man in Ohio. His words have a grit to them that reflect a life of struggle. Natasha doesn't want that life for Yelena. She wants the shaded lawns and dappled streets of Ohio. But that choice is not hers to make. Two men inject the girls with something to make them sleep and then carry them off onto another plane. Where they go next feels like a dream. Like a bedtime story Melina never read. Natasha and Yelena are joined by dozens of other young girls. They are taught to be strong and to win any fight. They train to be invisible and they learn to obey even when their gut disagrees. Natasha, who had spent her teenage years as the cover family for a great Russian spy, is quickly molded into a protege to match. And she's not alone. Dozens of girls just like her bear the mark of their training. A red hourglass, like the mark of a black widow. But 21 years after her daring escape from the glades of Ohio, 21 years after she was brought to the Red Room and trained to be one of many, Natasha is all alone. She wipes her brow with cool water from the dingy sink and studies the security footage playing on the phone in front of her. Soldiers in neat little lines trot into the building. They are coming for her. She dials the phone, and a mustached gentleman in a clean suit answers. Don't do this. It makes you look desperate, Natasha goads. Her years of training have made her serious, but they could not wipe away 
the childlike confidence that had always marked her. The man on the phone is not impressed. From where he stands, Natasha is long overdue for a nap. She has been running around with dozens of dangerous characters. People who can do incredible things and believe the rules no longer apply to them. He's made it his mission to send them to bed, one by one. Whatever support Natasha thought she had, whatever safe house or warm bed she thinks she can sneak off to, are all being snuffed out. He thinks the loneliness will frighten Natasha, but he doesn't know the lives she's lived. She's been alone before. The soldiers close in on their target, just as Natasha exits the bathroom. They climb up marble stairs in the baking sun and bang open a bathroom door miles away Natasha stretches her legs on the deck of an old ferry boat crossing through a misty mountain lake in the cool morning light on the other side of the world in a small Moroccan town two spies wait patiently for their target they have been laying on a warm tiled roof for hours with their guns at ready one of the spies catches sight of her target a woman with a small package tucked under her arm she dutifully reports her findings although deep inside she would much rather keep lying out on the roof soaking in the sun's rays but something inside her head pushes her on she looks up and realizes she's been made the woman takes off and the spy pursues her into the street the spy's target is crafty she pulls out a knife but she can't compete with the spy's fluid speed in a moment the spy has the knife gripped in her own hand and she drags it across her target laying the woman to rest however before her target closes her eyes she pulls out the package inside the wrapping are dozens of vials filled with red 
vapor. The woman pulls out a vial. Her arms feel heavy as she inches her way towards sleep. But she has one final thing to do before she can rest. She releases the red vapor into the air and her assailant breathes it in. For a moment, the spy thinks back to the warm roof she was relaxing on earlier. And how she had wanted to rest there a while longer. Suddenly the thought seems possible in a way it never had. She searches her mind. It feels as if some sort of door has been unlocked. Something had been caging her within her own mind, deciding what she can do and what she cannot do. But after just a whiff of the red mist, she was free. She looks down at the sleeping woman on the pavement and realizes that she knows this woman, that she is a friend. Over the calm in her ear, her companion calls, Yelena, Yelena, status report. Yelena doesn't answer. How long has she been daydreaming? Her companion calls for backup. Yelena can't go back. She doesn't want to be locked back up in a cage. She scoops up the vials of vapor and promises her friend she will free the others. Then she vanishes into the city. Meanwhile, Natasha pulls up to her new home in Norway. It's a small trailer home tucked into a lush forest. The quaint hovel has very little in the way of amenities. There's a septic tank for the bathroom and no services for her trash. Any electricity she uses comes from an old generator at the back of the house. It's a pain, but for now, it's home. Natasha steps out of her car and hears the generator purring. She pulls out her gun and carefully searches the house. On her bed, she finds a man sleeping soundly. Her muscles relax, and she lowers her gun. The man is Mason, the one who had found her this house. 
she had paid him for many things over the years. Safe houses, transportation, documents. Most of the time, she was working a job or running from some exhausted evil. But this time, she only wants a cozy place to settle down. Mason slowly wakes up, not a bit embarrassed to be found snoozing on someone else's bed. He had been waiting for Natasha for over an hour, but the mattress was so soft he couldn't resist. But now that Natasha is here, Mason tries to be all business. He hands her the various IDs and documents that she'll need to live a quiet life in the house. He even delivers her mail from some of her previous safe houses. Natasha frowns at the name on one of the fake IDs. Fanny Longbottom, she asks. He smiles. It's a real name. She doesn't smile back. Are you okay? He asks. If there's something wrong, you can tell me. That's how friends work. Natasha doesn't want to go into details. She doesn't want to talk about how the team she thought of as her family imploded on themselves, turned against each other until there was nothing left. She doesn't need to anyway. He already knows. The whole world knows about her team. They were heroes, saving the world, just like in the old bedtime stories. But even that couldn't last, and now here she is with a fixer trying to be her friend. I'm better off alone, Natasha says. It's hard to argue with a former superhero, so... Mason nods and takes off. Natasha settles into her new home life, watching old movies and looking through various beauty products. She wants to dye her hair, maybe build a new identity. Her old one is of no use now. Natasha looks over to the mail pile Mason brought her. He had meant well, but it was just another piece of her old life she would have to throw away. She stuffs the mail in her car and decides to dispose of it 
with her other garbage in town the next day. As fate would have it, the mail didn't have to wait that long. Before she could even pick out her new hair dye, the gas in her generator trickles to empty, and Natasha's little home falls into darkness. With a sigh, Natasha grabs her gas container and takes off in her car towards town. The night sky is a gentle, icy blue, and town lights flicker like lamplight in the distance. A pop song plays on her radio. Natasha thinks of American Pie, then shakes the song out of her head. She put that life to bed a long time ago. Outside, something red and glowing whooshes towards Natasha's car. It makes contact and sends Natasha and her vehicle soaring into the air. The car finds land, but only barely. The nose of Natasha's vehicle peeks over the edge of the bridge. Underneath cool, refreshing water gurgles along. Natasha slowly works her way out of the balancing vehicle. Standing outside is a masked figure with a domed shield. Natasha doesn't recognize the outfit, but she knows who is chasing her. She's a little surprised that Ross has found her this quickly. She was hoping to get some rest in this town, but her old life never seems to let that happen. Natasha draws her gun and fires on her attacker, but her bullets glance off the shield as if they were harmless squishy marshmallows. Her attacker doesn't seem to be armed, so Natasha decides to try a more close-range approach. She readies herself to face her masked opponent, drawing her strength from each breath in and out. The mysterious attacker leaps up into the air and Natasha tracks their movements back to the ground. She knows this fighting style. For a moment, Flashes of her old life fill Natasha's head. She takes another breath. And then dives into the fight. Each jab or kick she attempts is met with the exact move she herself would use to counter 
Natasha remembers her fight alongside a master archer. One of the members of her old team. She had used a grappling move just like the masked opponent uses now. The way they dodge brings her back to infiltrating another teammate's weapons tech company. If she didn't know any better, Natasha would almost think she was fighting herself. Natasha leaps to her feet, and the attacker does the same. They stare at each other for a moment. And then the attacker turns to the car. And Natasha realizes she was never the target. What is in her car that could be so important? She tries to form a list in her mind but the masked attacker does not give her a moment's peace to gather her thoughts. Natasha needs to put some distance between her and the relentless pursuer before she can better investigate what brought them into her life. From her belt, Natasha retrieves a rod that deploys a miniature grappling hook. The metal hook wraps its way around her attacker. A second hook launches from the other end of the rod and digs into the upper support beam of the bridge. Both hooks begin to retract, pulling the masked attacker up into a gentle swing. Natasha uses the moment of calm to return to her car and inspect her mail. There's something glowing red. But Natasha's investigation is short-lived. Another flurry of punches make their way through the air. And this time, Natasha is not fast enough to parry them away. She takes blow after blow until her body feels almost too heavy to move. She is sore and stiff and ready for rest. With each blow, Natasha maneuvers herself closer and closer to the edge of the bridge and the cool, rushing water. One final kick sends Natasha over the edge and into the flowing river. Hopefully my voice is just an echo in your subconscious right now. But 
If not, let's use this opportunity to take a few breaths in and out. And another in and then out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow Lethal Lullabies wherever you get your podcasts in order to receive updates on our latest releases. For longer content, consider becoming a subscriber on Spotify. For $2.99 a month, you get access to our full sleep stories and maybe even some personalized content. Plus, it really helps us out. But no matter how you choose to participate, we never tire of our lovely community of sleepyheads. Thank you for your listens, likes, and action-loving vibes. Good fight and good night. <laughs>